This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward, and we are back from our little mini hiatus and ready to continue with our four-part series on the four S's of success. And you know what I found out during our little mini hiatus? Please tell me. Is we have fans. Like, we have people that actually listen to us. We had a listener that reached out and said, hey, y'all are going to start this four-part series, and you only did the one S. So are you going to ever finish those four S's out? Because I was really looking forward to that. We are marketing people by nature, and I would even say I would probably lean over a little on the marketing creative side, even though I'm operational these days and the nature of, hey, we're going to start this thing and then we get distracted with the squirrel. Did you really expect us to do the four S's, four podcasts in a row? It is exciting to know that we have fans, but that would have been really high achieving of us. Here at IA Forward, we have five S's, right? We have sales, service, system, strategy, and squirrel. Squirrel. We love squirrel. Thank you for giving us validation that someone is listening because that actually does help. It does because just talking to yourself is not that much fun. It's not. So let's talk systems. Okay, so I have a confession to make. I may have been a Karen yesterday. It's okay. We all get a pass. I went to TJ Maxx yesterday and I was buying some pants and noticed that there were two different security tags on the pant. There was a normal security tag and then there was this weird red one that was on the hem of the pant. So these pants cost a little bit more than pants normally cost at TJ Maxx. So I do want to put that part out there because it's relevant to the story. So as I was checking out, the girl took off the normal security tag and I mentioned that there was a second security tag on the hem of the pant. And she said, oh, I've never seen this before. And she goes over And she's asking questions to another cashier and they're figuring out what this thing is and they take it off. Then whatever 12-year-old boy that they have running the front of the store comes over and lights into her about taking the security tag off and that she wasn't supposed to do that. That was to be taken off by the customer. And he's being really ugly to the cashier and the cashier's like, I didn't know. I'd never seen it before. And he looked at me and he said, I'm going to have somebody put this security tag back on because you can't leave the store without the security tag back. And I was like, the security tag's already been taken off. Why don't we just leave the security tag off? That way we're not wasting more plastic because apparently these are disposable and I can just leave the store with the pants. This does not seem like a big deal to me. And he lit into me that if I left the store without the tag on the pants, I would not be able to bring the pants back. And I didn't understand their security. And obviously that I had not shopped with them before. or I would understand this, that this was a quote unquote runway item. And I looked at the guy and I said, did you know it's okay to be nice to your coworkers? And it's okay to be nice to your customers. <laughs> We're all just doing the best that we can. And I'm thinking to myself, Tanya, you're being a Karen. You're being a Karen because I was ugly about it. But I had just seen Bubba light into a cashier that was really just didn't know what she was supposed to be doing. There was a new system in place that apparently they didn't fill in their employees that this new system was there. And 
I ended up just leaving the pants because the guy wouldn't let me leave the store without this new security tag on it. And they couldn't find another security tag to put on it. So I just said, okay, just refund my money. You can keep the pants. They were gray. I really don't wear gray anyway. So that being said, let's talk about systems today, why we put systems into place, how sometimes we forget to tell our team members about these systems that we create in our brains. And why do we as business owners sometimes create systems without talking to the people that these systems affect? That's quite the start to our session today, Miss Tanya. I think that you might still be a little bit agitated, (laughs) but I resonate here not by being a Karen or by being the aggravated young tech guy or whatever. But what I resonate here with is this idea that we do create these things in our minds or as agency owners, we work on so many things when other people think we're not working. We're always working. We're always thinking and thinking is working. And we come up with Ways to improve our business, ways to grow our business. And a lot of times, especially in today's world, that consists of systems, automation. And we probably need to define systems a little bit as we go here. But we do all this stuff. And this is something I have to take some ownership on that my lovely bride called me out on many moons ago and made me realize that the amount of time that I spend as an agency owner, as a leader within the organization, working on vision and developing all these things. And I would spend weeks or months really working on stuff and then walk in one day ready to present it to our people and then be frustrated that everyone was deer in the headlights or didn't quite understand or wasn't as excited about it as I was. And one of the lessons learned there was that I had been working on this. It's something that had been so repeated in my brain that I was so excited about it. And when other people are hearing it for the first time, or even worse, you forgot to tell them about this new thing as what happened to you at TJ Maxx, even worse, At that, you just have this disappointment as an agency owner that everybody's not on board and as excited as you. What I want to say to that is that's not necessarily true. You have to give people time and you have to be able to simplify what you're bringing to the table, the new system, the new process, the new idea. You have to be able to let that sink in and let people have time to learn, adapt, and adjust to what you want to do. And it takes a lot and you just want to go, right? What we want to do is we want to implement something and just go and everybody get it. But if you truly back up for a minute and go, wait a minute, this is going to take a little time. How long did it actually take me to come up with this? It took me a month. It took me two months, whatever it took you. It's drastically more time than what your people are being given by you from a leadership standpoint. It goes back to the Simon Sinek, start with why. The mistake I think we make is that we present a new system or a new idea, a new concept, and we start with, we're going to do this and this. Now we explain, this is why I came up with the idea. But instead, maybe if we started out with, what is this going to do to make your life better? Or this is my vision of why it's going to change or modify 
modify or evolve what we're doing into something greater, something more efficient. Starting with why, always going back to that is imperative. My husband's speaking at a conference this week and we were going over his slides. He sent them to me last night and he told me they're really boring. They're really dry. I need you to Tanya this up. And I called him back and I said, well, you forgot the most important part. I said, you forgot the why is this important to the people that you were presenting to? And I went in and looked at some marketing materials that had been provided to him that he was trying to use. And it's like the entire organization forgot the idea of why. And I think we as agency owners, we as any kind of business owners really tend to forget to do that. The why can be even better explained in writing. I put out a rule that really isn't my rule. It would really originated with my dad. If the email's more than four sentences, pick up the phone and call. There's a lot of really good stuff here to think about within that concept. I agree with that, that we don't talk enough at times within explaining our why or explaining what we're doing, which is a little funny coming from me because I'm known as the over talker in our organization. I tend to go long in speeches and in meetings. One of the things that I have changed a little bit of my mind on here is that writing and writing well is extremely important in explaining what you're wanting to do. If you can't write it in a document, in a short essay slash, I don't want to call presentation because I'm not talking about slide decks. I'm talking about writing a short document where you concisely explain your idea. If you can't do that in a one or two page, single spaced, 12 font, short document, you're not read. And that's part of the thing that I've really come full circle on is that we tend to jump out there with stuff before we're ready because we like to go fast and we're afraid we're getting left behind. And systems are extremely important in terms of getting our head around this concept. This is a big push from some guys that run co-founders of a company called 37 Signals. I've talked about these guys before. They have a podcast called Rework. That group of guys that do this have become extremely vocal about writing. Their interviewing process for new people, you have to write. They want to know if you're capable of writing. And I think writing in general has become a lost skill in the workforce and in our society in general, the ability to sit down and write. And I'm okay with you. Writing equals typing it out. I'm okay with that. Sit down and craft a document. It doesn't need to be long. It needs to be actually within a short, concise page or two and see if you can explain within that concept, within that frame of, of work, what it is that you want to do. Because if you can't do that, then you need to keep thinking. You need to keep working. The why should be in there. When I'm training people to do this, I don't give them nearly that much. I give them the why. You're opening two or three sentences, including your why, three to five bullet points and a closing. And to me, it should be concise enough to be on one page. And at the point that you have your opening, your three to five points and your closing, 
then it's ready to go. I've been working on a document for the last couple of days. It started as a series of notes on a notepad that this is a, not a legal pad, but a, an eight and a half by 11 pad. I started writing on a plane. I started doing it there. Stuff was just pouring out of my brain. I started just literally handwriting. It was about six pages of notes and information. And then I sit down over the last few days and started trying to construct the actual rough draft of the document. That rough draft went from the six page of notes to three, three and a half pages. And then after I finished with that, I read it and on reading it, it didn't make sense. And it ended up being two pages bullet pointed to your point has a summary, has an intro, has a summary, has some bullet points. It went from six pages of notes to a three and a half page rough draft to a two page final draft. And it got more concise and more clear in my own brain the longer I went. And that's the key to systems is keeping them concise. We have an agent that I've worked with that he has one of the worst cases of systems paralysis that I have ever seen. And most creative people have systems paralysis issues in that you start thinking, if I can just get my system down, then life is going to be easy. And you spend all of this time on the system as opposed to doing some of the stuff that you really need to do. Now, systems are extremely important, especially for somebody like me that is very ADHD in your brain bounces around. You have to figure out what your system is. That being said, if all you can do is focus on the system, then like you said a little while ago, you're not ready or maybe let's try something else and come back to that. One of the things there when we talk about systems, systems include both processes and the actual technology tools that you implement those processes on. One of my big pet peeves that as I've become more experienced, vintaged a little bit, is that in my early years, I was a shiny object guy. I was, look at that new cool toy. I took our people through a lot of technology side changes and adjustments. And there was a ton of things going on in the insurance industry between 1995 and about 2005. There was the internet coming of age. I was a shiny object guy. It was like a kid in a candy store. It was like, okay, man, this system will do this other thing. Let's change to this other system. It was constant. And I wore my people out just to be blunt about it. I made mistake after mistake. One of the things that I really want to get across is on the process side of systems, it is extremely difficult to create progress, to be great in your organization with your systems if you are constantly chasing the next shiny object. You have to find a place of comfort. You have to find a place where this technology will get me most of the way there. Because the reality of it is the technology is never going to get you 100% of the way there. That is always something that especially younger agents. You were born with an iPhone. You were born with smartphones. You don't know any different and that's okay. But because of that and because of that tech native mindset, there's this idea that you can just go to the next system and everything should just follow you and work there. And the reality of it is that it's hard to move these systems 
over time because they're really big time, heavy coated things. They're not thin, lean pieces of software. They're generally really complicated because you think about what independent agencies do, multiple carriers, storing data, not storing data, scanned document storage. All of these things that we do in all of these different moving parts are just very complicated. When I hear agents talk about, I just don't understand why it's so complicated. It's because our business is complicated and trying to solve for that is a complicated endeavor. For me, I want to just really level set and go, hey, it's hard to get your process side of the systems going and consistent and get your people on board if you're constantly flipping the switch on changing your technology side. You and I are part of the Oregon Trail generation. When we were in elementary school, we were the first generation that played this game, probably on your big Mac, Apple One or Apple Two at the elementary school. For you, it may have been junior high, but we played this game called Oregon Trail that was on a black screen and either had had green writing or it had orange writing, and it was very very crude and elementary, but it was huge for us. Did you play Oregon Trail? Was this your thing? It was not my thing. I'm okay. sorry to disappoint. I'm sorry to disappoint. That's right. You're a little older than me. I forget that. Pong. Pong was a thing. Was okay. a thing, right? Yeah. Ugly, probably yeah. predated Oregon Trail. The reason I bring up Oregon Trail is that you and I'm speaking to our slightly more seasoned agents when I say this, but we grew up in, as you said, in the age where computers were a thing. My dad being a rocket scientist, we always had computers in our household. And when I went to college, for our younger listeners, you were not going to believe this, I was the only person in my entire dorm that had her own computer in her room. Everybody else had to go to the computer lab to use a computer. I was the only one. My room was busy because people could come in my room and print things and they didn't have to walk all the way across campus, yeah. right? And so for us, the one of the reasons that we constantly look for new technology is that we had to do that because when something would come out, it would be like, okay, great, this will do X. And then thing B would come out and it would do Y and thing C would come out and it would do Z. But nothing did X, Y, and Z, right? And so we were in this constant frenetic look for what's coming next. The challenge that we have now is that our brain is still in that mindset that it was in for the first 15 years of business and that we're constantly looking for the thing that will do what we ask it to do instead of stopping and saying, okay, will the systems that I'm paying for now actually do this? And nine times out of 10, it will. It may not look like you expect it to. It may not look like what the shiny object is that the person that is presenting it to you shows you. But if you just take a moment, dig in to what you've got I would be willing to bet it will do it. And it's going to save you a heck of a lot of money than creating another system and buying another solution. Steve Jobs created this sort of problem for us because he rightfully stated that it's really about design and the look, the feel, the functionality of how you move and how you utilize a piece of software or a hardware for that matter, that it was really about design. I am not saying that we should be stuck into legacy systems and not ever migrate and move to better systems. That is not what I'm saying. What I am witnessing more times than not 
is a quick movement instead of this idea of you're on a platform and this platform is doing its job and some new thing comes out and it does a piece of what your existing platform will do. But that piece is that thing you've been missing. Like you've been like, man, that's what I need it to do. And so you start moving over here to this new thing and you go throw it into your system process organization. You start teaching all your people. We're going to have this other thing for this other reason. We're going to keep our old thing. We're going to have the new thing. And then 15 months later, your platform comes out with some variation of that new thing that you spent all this energy on. And it doesn't look exactly the same. And it may not be 100% as easy. Maybe it was designed a little differently, but it'll get you 80% of the way there. And that's my trigger is that 80% rule. What kind of energy loss, what kind of dismantling of your staff and all of your people and confusion and wasted effort did you put your organization through when if you would have just sit still for a little while and just take a couple of deep breaths, find out if they've got something in their roadmap that's coming, find out when, and then add six months to it. If they say, hey, first quarter 2024, then say end of third quarter, first of fourth quarter 2024, just add six months to it. I'm so proud of you. You've discovered the secret for marketing people and technology people right there. That's right. If you do that and then you spend that six months waiting on that thing, you focus on your business. And then when that new missing component is there, all you have to do is implement that process on your existing platform. And it's a 10% training element instead of a 100% training element. That is something that we need to get our heads around as agency owners. No, I'm not telling you to wait five years, but I am telling you to wait six months to 12 months before you make these knee-jerk reactions to overhaul your systems. Make the platform your own disappoint you for a long period of time to the point that you're ready to make a complete transition to something totally different. You're going against the whole concept of the Amazon be here in two days, if not sooner, feel though. And so you're not getting that dopamine of buying this cool new thing by waiting six months. So I think maybe that's part of growing up as a business owner. And I don't mean that term as condescending. You're looking at it from an infinite game process that you don't need that 48 hours dopamine. I bought something cool for my business. You're saying, okay, I'm going to look ahead, see if there's something coming that's going to enable me to do this and not spend the money, but it's going to make my life more efficient long term because I'm not trying to make a bunch of different systems work together. As you said, when we started this conversation, you can't expect people to change overnight. And sometimes we get frustrated because, as you said, we've been thinking about this for months. People don't jump on board with it immediately. They have questions. They're not quite sure how it's going to work. Sometimes as you start working through it, it doesn't work the way you think it's going to work. And then there's more frustration. And a lot of times we'll just drop it. So if that happens, that's why that ha having that initial document is so important because you're able to go back. You're able to see the why. You're able to discuss that why with your people. And then 
evolve things. I don't think I've ever had a project that I started out thinking, okay, this is what it's going to look like. This is my plan where the finished product looked like that. Have you ever had that happen? Absolutely not. It's never the exact same way as what you started. It just isn't. You figure out that you've overthought something or you started out with this idea that needed to be narrowed or it needed to be expanded. It is very rarely spot on when you, from the day you start. Don't give up. If things aren't going the way you expected, I see so many owners say that didn't work and then they throw it away. Don't throw it away. Keep it. If you've listened to our podcast before, you've heard Shane talk about the fact that he is still the president of a defunct agency management system. It was before its time. If that idea came to fruition 10 years later, then you would have been in a perfect situation, right? Ideas don't need to get thrown away just because the system doesn't work the way you initially envisioned. It needs to be more of the idea of this is where we're going to start. We're going to let it evolve, keeping the why in mind, because that's the outcome. It's not that the system is the outcome. It's the why that's the outcome you're looking for. It's okay to come to the conclusion that, okay, wait, it's not time. Put it on the shelf and then bring it back, right? It is completely okay to do that. We have done that in our organization. I've personally done that multiple times over the last 25 years. It happens. We've seen it. And you can be ahead of your time. That happens. The technology sometimes has to catch up with the idea. Sometimes the idea is not necessarily a new idea. It's just that the technology wasn't ready for that idea. And so don't be afraid to stop and put it on the shelf and bring it back. Don't give up forever. I say put it on the shelf. Put it on the shelf where you can still see it. Don't let go of that idea. Just watch and recognize that it just may not be time yet. What do you do when a system just isn't working? Confront the brutal facts is one of those statements that I love to live by. You have to be willing to do that. A lot of times when a system is just not working and we keep going there, we keep staying there and we've done everything. We've given the platform time to catch up. We've given our people time. You have to be able to recognize that maybe you're just wrong. Maybe it's just time to confront the brutal fact that this idea was just not a good idea or this system is just not flowing and you need to make adjustments. Being willing to confront the brutal facts is hard because people take it personal. We get personal with it. It makes us feel like we're failing. It just makes us feel like we're, we're not accomplishing goals. My deal here is what would you rather do? Would you rather abandon ship and go start again? Or would you rather ride that ship to the bottom of the ocean? We have to be willing to recognize that sometimes we just get it wrong. Sometimes it just doesn't work. I've had that happen to me, unfortunately, several times. I hate to say that, but I've had many failures and many ideas and system implementations and process implementations that just didn't work. You can try to point fingers. You can try to figure out why it didn't work. And that's That can be not fun to do, but a lot of times what's happened is we figured out why it didn't work. We made adjustments. Sometimes those adjustments were eight or 10 years later and we win again. And that's why I think it's important to just recognize when something is just not good. And I call it confronting the brutal facts and just being willing to confront that. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Dan Reeves. Difficulties in life are intended to make us better 
not bitter. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.